0: My condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in oh. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the fing money, you head? Oh, It's, uh. Oh, oh. It's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. And we're wearing sunglasses. Hit Trip down a cloud and fell eight miles high. high. I told my man on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the news, s so Get uh, you 15. know, that's what you uh that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do.
1: There's just one thing, dude. What's that?
2: You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about?
3: Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway.
0: I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in I found my mind in a brown paper bag,
2: but then... Hello, HuffPix, Jackson Jacks, I'm Tom Howell, Craig Papas on the board, Matt Fern uh, will be here in a minute, major accident on the Eisenhower, and he's stuck behind it, but he'll be here. SB Futures down 8.75. dollars 75 NASDAQ Futures down 3650 as we have a downgrade of the U.S. Cup, go- well, I don't exactly say a downgrade, well, I guess it's a downgrade, I don't know. What would you call it, Greg? It's what are they what are they what are they, what are they calling it here? Uh, Moody's it says it downgrade U.S. outperformance Im- improvement opportunity. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, but this isn't. They didn't. We just had Fitch a while ago. Take the U.S. government from uh, AAA to AA plus. These guys lowered its credit rate rating outlook to negative from stable. Um. Moody's on Friday underscored the U.S. very large fiscal deficits and partisan gridlock in Washington as the contributing factors for the downgrade. The ratings agency reaffirmed America's credit rating at AAA, the highest level. This comes three months after Fitch lowered the U.S. long-term foreign currency issuer default, rating to AA plus and AAA, also citing expected fiscal deterioration an increasing debt burden, political standoffs in fiscal and debt issues. Now here's the, uh, The quote, in the context of higher interest rates without effective fiscal policy measures to reduce government spending or increase revenues, Moody's expects the U.S. fiscal debt to remain very large, significantly weakening debt affordability. While there is zero default risk of U.S. debt, the lower credit outlook remains relevant for its impact on the attractiveness of the debt for foreign investors. Blah 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 blah. Said Jay Hatfield, CEO, it's Infrastructure Capital Management. Here's another guy, another quotable guy. Um, I'll give you a quote. Um, How's this, Greg? How, how controversial is this quote? You morons! They already are defaulting. They're printing money to pay their debt. Yeah, uh, is that a quote? That's, uh, that's how. That's how. That's how, that's how people works, who so. can print their own money default. They print more and give it to you. Why not? Yeah, That's why states can't do it. Cities can't do it. But the U.S. government can. And as long as all the other countries in the world doing the same thing. If you ask anybody, some anybody who's learned, even people who have, uh, I'll say they're on TV as they make them learned, uh, they'll say, gee, the, you might say something like the U.S. dollar's value is going down. What do you mean? Staying right there with the pound, staying right there with the euro. Yeah, but they're doing the same thing. Well, yeah, but so what? Well, okay, so what? That's what happened in the Weimar Republic, right? Yeah. I mean, they weren't the reserve, but, you know. Uh, they were for Germany for a while. Yeah. Um, that's so what happened. Not i got to believe that the, uh, I should probably check this, but I'm going to say since the Turkish uh, currency, was it the, the lira? I think it's the yeah. lira. It's gone straight down. I think the market's gone up, in it, in terms of the lira? Inflation. Yeah. But, uh, let, me, you know, let, me, let me check that. Anyway, the, the song you played earlier was from Styx, correct? Yeah, I was trying. The it, uh, The browser wasn't being nice to
4: me. Sorry for the rough transition. Um, well, see. those browsers always mistreat me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm supposed to be better at that, aren't I? Uh, you're supposed to be really good at it. Let's see.
2: Sounds like sticks to me. Yeah. Um, the reason we brought this up, talk about one thing leading to another, leading to another. There I was Saturday night uh, with my my significant other my f- female auto be on later sailing away to St. Charles. Yeah. So sailing away to St. Charles. Um, her friend and a terrific lady. Uh, matter of fact, we might try and get her on on Thursday cuz she would be a terrific guest. Uh, her name is uh, Don't what don't over d- or don't
4: overpromise here. Yeah. I haven't we haven't heard from her yet.
2: Um, her name is Diane Kelly. And she worked for, uh, just retired from uh, uh, was Romano Brothers Beverages became Southern Southern Beverages. She's a full-fledged sommelier, uh, and uh, when she retired, I mean everybody's bidding for her. Oh, at everybody. It was at a Christmas party she announced the retirement, so she had like three job offers at the bar. Um, anyway, she just decided there's not always
4: to d- room on top, Chief.
2: Oh, I know, I know. Well, then she ended up. Uh, volunteering her time to this outfit that I'd never heard of, things you don't hear, you know, you don't hear about. You know, it's a four-star charity, whatever that means. Anyway, this this guy, guy and his wife, Zachary and Elizabeth Fisher, F- he was a builder, made a lot of money, and the wife uh, saw something on TV regarding people uh, coming to visit people at uh, one of the veterans' hospitals, and her, her first remark was, "Where are those people going to stay?" So she said to her hubby, uh, "Hey, what are we gonna do?" He says, "Well, that's what I do. I build." They ponied up 20 million bucks and started building. I guess, for lack of a better term, Ronald McDonald houses and uh, military property next to the veterans' homes, because a lot of people that get in there like are never out. I mean, there's some that are in there for you know several months while they maybe find a new leg for them, that, that kind of thing. Uh, there are also some that never leave, that are permanently disabled, and just can't even, you know. And the families have to come there to visit them. And maybe if they're in a military home, the family doesn't, or military hospital, you know, the family doesn't necessarily live in Chicago, right? Right. So they have to come here, and they, they put these places up, and they get to stay there for free. And uh, in Chicago, there's one in Hines out in Maywood, I believe. And they're building one up at Great Lakes, because evidently there's a vet- veterans facility up there. So they're obviously looking for money to, to finish the one up in uh, Great Lakes, but it's it's a tremendous charity, and, and this thing Saturday night was a uh, essentially a concert. So, of course, all kinds of people buy the tickets, and half the people showed up, half didn't, so it was half empty. But the guy who played was this guy uh, named Go- Joe C- Cantifio, and he was a member of the Jade 50s, which was kind of a, a young band. He's almost as old as I am. Uh, a young band on the west side. And there were a bunch of these bands around, and the reason why uh, Greg played the thing from Sticks is when I was in high school, we used to go to all the different dances back when. I don't know if they used to even have dances anymore. And uh, one of the bands that played a lot was an outfit called the TW Four, and they were uh, uh, their claim to fame. They were good at you know everybody's else's song. Were, I guess they, they call those cover bands. They play other people's stuff. Is that what they call. Them? Uh, I'm not positive about that. But the uh, anyway, their, their claim to fame was their drummer could play, and he got it to beat all the way through to drum solo, which was really hard to do. <laughs> Me not being a drummer, those guys ended up—I don't know about all of them, but the main portion of the band ended up becoming Sticks, and that was the the uh, band that, that Greg just played. Uh, Greg just played for, uh, the song just played for, for you guys. Well, this guy, he was telling kind of some of the stories that were the bands in those days and how he got to meet all these people. He said one night. He uh, gets a call and he says, what are you doing tonight? Well, nothing really. How about showing up at Park West and playing like rhythm guitar for uh, Roy Orbison? He's like, yes! <laughs> he, he said, he got to meet all these people and yet you play for them. And evidently, everybody kind of knows everybody else's music. I'm not a music thing. But this I would accuse Greg of. You know, because this is exactly we what, go. exactly what you would do. You know how he learned how to play the guitar? Um, by ear? Uh, well, he was in... Catholic grammar school out on the west side, and uh, evidently there was a nun that was really into music. So she walked in one day and said, That's any the devil's music? Yeah, devil's music." So anyway, she walks in one day and says, "Anybody wants to learn how to play guitar? You can do it on Friday afternoon instead of going to religion class." <laughs> so up on his hand, wow. <laughs> He's, like every other guy in class. They all went to guitar class. They all learned how to play the guitar. And he he just kept at it. and He says she was terrific. I mean, she was really a good teacher. So he ended up up being in the the school ensemble and some other band and something else, and then he just kept going. I can see you doing that, ducking religion Uh, class for a guitar class.
4: um, I guess we had band before school and during school, so I I got out of nothing. (laughs) I went to school extra for that.
2: Oh, really? So you you were in the band? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lots of fun. What was your... uh, High school and college. What was your...
4: uh, Weapon of choice was the trumpet. Really? Yeah. So I if you did three, that in uh, college, buttons, high school. Yeah. Three how good did you how good did that. you get at it? I mean we were pretty good. Afterwards I kept on playing. I went I did the Chicago brass band for a while, which is a British style brass band. Lots of fun.
2: Now when I when I what I was saying earlier, stumbling along, you actually don't, like could you go somewhere I, mean, I don't know about now if you practice as much, but could you go somewhere else and knowing what they play, just pick it up right away? Uh with brass you really need to be, you
4: know, locked in the zone and practice but I'd say the difference between the amateurs and the pros are not only the, you know, there's there's a big there's a big uh, consistency thing that you need to be able to, you know, you can't just play it once right. You need to be able to play it 20 times in a row, and you need to be able to do it perfect every time. So like the amateurs can't do that. And second, um, you need you really need. I I want to say the guys who are at DePaul with me were practicing three to four hours a day sometimes. So, and that was just to get through their undergrads stuff. It was a conservatory style at DePaul. What does that mean? That means that it's not just a regular music school. You're completely in the music school. All your classes are, you do some gen eds, but it's not like you can transfer to the music school. You have to audition. You have to do um, a certain level of theory. You have to play in a certain amount of ensembles. It was, yeah, but... I got lucky. I bothered the guy until he let me to, uh, let me audition into one of the jazz bands, and then uh, yeah, we had a blast.
2: Well, I was at, when I was at uh, Notre Dame. Uh, despite the football rivalry, uh, one of the, uh, the musician people they all really like each other, right? So whoever was in charge of some of the music stuff at Notre Dame was this older priest, and he was really into jazz. And one of his buddies was whoever was in charge of the University of Michigan Mar- marching band or something. And the University of Michigan marching band in there, there was a bunch of guys that really knew jazz. Oh yeah, and they would they came to Notre Dame a few times and played at the, the student center. Not many people showed up, but I did. They were terrific, I and mean, they were terrific. I mean, and, uh, did, they, did the DePaul guys splinter off into that kind of stuff too, or no?
4: Oh yeah, it was it was really intense in that the the jazz program is, you know, I, it's it's funny because when you talk to like the real. The musicians who would get paid, you know, for playing from, call it the the 30s or the 20s and 30s all the way till, I don't know, I think I've, touring was big until, in the jazz, you know, probably until like the late 70s, early 80s maybe. And the people who played, you know, they they had one opinion about, you know, music schools and like you're not going to learn it, or you, you can learn but you're not going to really learn until you're out playing. So a couple of those guys were teachers, and they you know those are good jobs to have, but the students you gotta really find ways to make money otherwise than than uh, just touring playing what you want. So you have to do things like sound recording or do things like uh, pop or you know just anything that you can you know you're, to play and get by so that there was a lot of a lot of uh, other skills involved that I saw the, the musicians were extremely dedicated because not only they had to be to do whatever their uh instrument required but they also you know you need to make money and it's not like everybody's going to just join a band and go get famous or whatever so y- you need to be res- resourceful in terms of balancing say maybe teaching and then recording and then um also
2: pulling out pulling out your horn and practicing so well I was at the South Shore High School. When I was there, I didn't go to school there. Uh, you know what the school there was? Uh, Susie Orman, at the South Shore. Hmm. And uh, anyway, so I spent two summers um, as a janitor there. And uh, the school was the new school was kind of weird because all the classes were on the inside, and the hallways were kind of on the outside. Sort was sort of odd in that regard. And so there was a big—you could actually use the outside hallways like a track. So one of the man, one of the janitors. Kind of an odd duck. Nice guy. Uh, African-American dude was a... He'd run, I don't know how many miles. It was like six times around was a mile. It was a, a huge school. Anyway, so, and the guy was... he was, Then he would sit and meditate in and some kind of Buddhist pose. He was, a, he was a Buddhist. Oh. But he also was a serious rock... All kinds of drummer. And uh, I don't know. The bands evidently don't, they don't... A band... Well, now, of course, they're huge. I mean, if they play somewhere, you know, it's nothing but money. In those days, sometimes the, the smaller bands didn't travel with the whole group, right? A lot of guys didn't bring a drummer. He said you'd bring your, you know, obviously the lead singer and maybe a guitar player, maybe your keyboard, whatever reason. You'd just he says, find a drummer at whatever yeah. venue? and he would, just, he would just, he would drum for all these guys that came to Chicago and do stuff. Wow. And I said, well, what, what's the hardest to do? He says, well, he says, you learn pretty much everything along the way. He, says, but, he goes, by far the hardest is comedy. i like, well, what do you mean? He goes, you don't know where the punchline is, and you're supposed to go with the patoom, <laughs> you know for a punchline. <laughs> he goes, if you don't rehearse... You don't know where the timing is on on the on the comedy, he goes. It's that's very difficult. He says, jazz, not so bad. He goes. It's probably the hardest. season, but still, it's not. It's not that hard. He goes. You just, uh, you know. He goes. Once you know everything else, you you know. I mean, there's only so much there. You in jazz. There's there's a certain book, and they call them
4: standards. And pretty much as if you're a student, you're you're learning all those standards. So you've got you know a couple hundred, in in your head, and you can then. You know, go out and play if somebody calls a tune. Um, you need to be able to do it, and I can't do this, but you need to be able to do it in all twelve keys, pretty much. So your whole learning experience, at least in that in the pop and jazz world, and, and is learning to say play a tune, but you need to start on say first whatever key it's in, and then you move it up a half step, and then you move it up, or you go around the circle of fourths, meaning. You, you start on different notes. You start the song from different notes. Not just in case, you know, the, the guy starts, wants to play it differently. But um, some singers or call it, other performers will want to do it in different keys. So then all of a sudden, you know, your song is, a, is a di- in a different key and you need to be able to play it right there on the spot. So a little bit different. Well, he, This guy
2: was saying that he, uh, his parents weren't all that into it, but he did get a guitar from his dad for Christmas. Um, from Sears or someplace. So, but he, he had to learn. He, he got a forty-five, and he learned how to tune his guitar from the forty-five. That was pretty scratchy. Is that even possible? Yeah, yeah. If you get the, what is it? E A G B. I don't know. I was asking I you. But you you start at the bottom and you work your way, you work your way up. Well, how long does it does it get to the point where you can tell a pitch right away? Because I could never even think of that tuning tuning you should be able to come say within 25 or,
4: or 30 cents within you should be able to if you can play I don't know it probably took took the violin and, and string players maybe a couple of months to be able to tune a little bit better but if you're teaching yourself your ear gets your ear gets pretty good I mean you're you need to be able to copy what's on the What's on the record and, and get uh, proficient by yourself. So you be you're more creative than you would be with like an old
2: teacher standing right next to you yelling at you. Well, some of those old songs, the lyrics, you know, the guy sing them all the way through himself. Uh, MacArthur Park's is a long thing to sing. Yeah, and so is uh, uh the day the music died. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, it does you know, it's, it's like a paragraph. <laughs> it's more than that. It's just. You, and there are some refrains, but not very many. And I bet you had most of it memorized. Well, no, he didn't have anything in front of him.
4: Right. So, I mean, he probably has been playing since the...
2: Well, since the yeah, 60s or since so. the <laughs> 60s, right. So, I mean, you pick this... But the, but I, I still don't know how these uh, people were totally spaced out when they were doing it. I don't know how uh, people sing, you know, White Bird all the way through. El Gracie Slick, you do that. Or how it was a Moody Blues, it was a White Room. I mean, did, I mean, you can't even hardly read the thing much less sing it. <laughs> but in the white bloom with black curtains at the station, how do you sing that? It's you barely even hard to read it. But anyway, what do you, so what do you? What do you make of this downgrade? This is just an, I mean. I guess before we go a break uh, back to real life. Well, yeah, I, I just it's very hard. I mean, this weekend people were asking me, you know, about the market, and I have a couple of clients that want to talk today about, you know, obviously individual stocks are flying up, the rest of the market isn't. Do you need to be protected now or do you not? You know, these conversations always come by whenever... I mean, you have essentially 7 to 10 stocks going to the moon. The rest of the market it was up a little bit last week, but it's basically, basically languishing. You've got oil with two wars going on going straight down. Um, you've got gold going nowhere, which, and you would think that those things would be doing something. Um, and You've got a government that's, you know, doing their best to go broke. Uh, and interest rates are going up, or for at least they were until this week. And it's, it's, a, it's a hodgepodge situation where, you know, I've never really seen it. and it, So the government continues to, well, they're not still pouring money in, but they're not taking any of it out either. And one of the things I was thinking, Greg, I, mean, I don't know how strong your monetary theory background is, is, I, back in the day, you know, when people were talking about monetary theory and Milton Friedman was running around Federal Reserve offices in Washington telling people, you're the ones that are creating their inflation because you're the ones pouring money in the system. Well, they finally believed them and uh... you know monetary theory essentially was born and uh... so but the 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 refrain, I'll use a, a musical term was that if you change your monetary policy, if you increase, started to increase the money supply or decrease it you had a six to eight month maybe twelve month lag before it started to hit and that's been the uh... you know the model since whatever, 1970 something when all was started, uh, and i that's what I learned in school and whatever, and I still uh, sort of believe, I, I started to smell a rat this time, when they poured so much money into the system in such a short period of time that the system really couldn't really absorb it, you know we're talking $4 trillion over a short period of time, uh, and to the point where one of the guys in the Federal Reserve told me that M0, which I didn't even know what it was, Well, M1, there is no M1 anymore, because they they melted it into into M2. But M1 used to be, let me check my my brain here, cash in circulation, demand deposits, and what was the third thing? Some kind of repos. Essentially, essentially it was demand deposits. So your checking account was part of M1, your savings account was not. They became such a blend, where even savings accounts sort of became on deposit. But in reality... If you looked at your savings account, uh, you know nowadays you, fl- you can flip it from there to, the, to the, your checking account in a nanosecond, plus they pay interest on the checking account. But in, in those days, they didn't do that. One was a demand deposit. It was a deposit on demand. The other was they could conceivably, if the bank got in any kind of trouble, hold on to your checking account or your savings account for like 30 days or 90 days, whatever it happened to be. It never really happened that way, but like you put your money in a credit union, for all practical purposes, you go any, any week the thing was open and you could get your money out. But in reality, they could hold on to it for 30 days or 60 days or whatever it was. So that was not a demand deposit. So the M1 was essentially everything that was very liquid. And M2 added savings accounts and added uh, stuff at like brokerage firms and things where you could write checks and that kind of stuff. And then, But now it's all one. But anyway, there is something called M0, which I don't even know about, which was money that was issued that was in the system But because nobody even needed it at night, it got kicked back to the Federal Reserve and they'd pay interest on it. So anyway, when they put all this money in the system, M0 was actually bigger than m one. So in other words, they poured so much money and people couldn't even use it. It couldn't be absorbed. And I I think what might have happened there, and again, this is going on the theoretical edge, what might have happened is it took so long because the number was so big, the bulge was so big, it's almost still happening to a much lesser extent than maybe a year ago or six months ago but it's still in the system and it's, and it's what's caused I think if you look at a a Microsoft for instance that, that is pushing you know two point whatever trillion dollars in, in and Mar- in last year, the stock was 225 All right so now it's 368 so it's up 140 bucks alright so it's essentially I won't say double it's up like 60 percent so they're they're up um, a trillion dollars in value in a year I'm saying that the, a lot of the money that the Fed put in has is, is ended up in these stocks to the point where you... And I'm, I'm not about to tell anybody to sell Microsoft it's up every friggin' day. But I look at, you know, like an Adobe, which I get more of my hands around because it's smaller. We're talking 11 times earnings. The stock went up every day after since I did that. So, not earnings. It's 11 times revenue. And it, for whatever reason, there's, there's no place even to put this money. There's so much of it in the system. And, and, it, and it's going into these stocks. Anybody think it's going to... Every man. Once everybody got their, whatever we get, whatever we get total. Greg, was it three thousand bucks? They hit how many different? Like three checks came out. Once you got that, you got nothing other than inflation. Well, if you're super, if you're good already,
4: see, if you're, you, where do you put it when you get extra money? You just toss it into stocks, right? Or but it, but it's uneven.
2: I mean, an awful lot of people, and I and I think what's ended up happening is one way to pay off your debt if you're a government. Is I, I for one am, am very concerned about everybody I care about. And a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of their obviously the listeners, my clients, my family, you name it. People think they have some scratch. You can you could have a quarter million dollars in the bank. I mean, it, that that's a new car, that's a new roof, and in one week in the hospital, right? I mean, it's at it, the prices of. Well, hopefully, stu- you have insurance. Oh, well, I, I get it, but I'm saying. You could. A lot of people. Well, the people in the building here, uh, they have. They have a policy now. I mean, I, you know, everybody talks to me. Uh, they have a policy now that is Blue Cross, and I think the deductible is five grand, or more. Might be seven, and you pay twenty percent of the bill in the hospital. You you can run up a ten thousand dollar bill in two nights. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Or twenty thousand. Matter of fact, one of the guys' wives went to Northwestern and had a. A few tests on a Saturday morning. She was out by noon, and the bill was like twelve grand or something. For what? For for using two machines, three machines that, that have a fixed cost of your variable cost there is like next to nothing. Lou sent me I uh, think Thursday after we had Katie in, and people are giving all these money, all this money to these, uh, and, and you should by the way, to this research like Katie was talking about. And he says the hospitals are not, not are totally shameless. They put a thirty to fifty percent Overhead rate on the money that those people are using in the labs, so they're 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 stealing half the charity money.
4: Very nice. Yeah, very nice. Good racket.
2: Yeah. Anyway, SB futures down nine, if futures down 36. I don't think this downgrade is uh, going to do really much for the market. Probably just another buying opportunity because I don't think it matters. I think it's pour enough money into where the market's going to keep going up. Uh, everybody else's everybody else's cash be worth less and less. They don't know why they're getting poorer and poorer even though they have more and more. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks.
0: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at LuckboxMagazine.com jocks. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks,
4: stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now.
2: Welcome back to Jackson and Jacks. I'm Tom Greg Pappas on the board. Consumer spending fell in October according to new CNBC retail monitor tracking. Greg, we talked about it for how many months beforehand. Do you think a chunk of that was the fact that everybody started sending money in for their student loans? He's, uh, he's letting mad in. I think the answer to that might be yes. Well, SP futures down 9.50, NASDAQ futures down 38. Dow futures down 50. Over in Europe, We've got the DAX up 28.2%, FTSE up 45.6%, around up 20.3%, we don't care about no stinking downgrade. Over in Asia, the UK is up, up 17, call that flat, Hang Seng, bouncing back today, up 222, 130, 1, it's 1.3%, of course they were down 2 point something, so they're right in the middle of this 16 to 18, mad dash at 17.456. Shanghai up 7, that's right, 0.2%. By the way, review on Friday, Yet another huge rally. Dow was up 391. SP and p up 67. NASDAQ up 276. That's 2%. That's a huge day. This after a down day on Friday, but we we, we stuck that right behind. 10-year uh, unchanged at 4.63. The Bund down one basis point to 2.69. Japan up 2.88. Uh, uh, oil, which has been getting clobbered, so up 25 cents today. Uh, it's up to 77.42. The whole world calling for $100 a barrel this year. Well, that was before a war. And now we're, we're 23 hours under that. Brent up 28 cents, 81.71. And just so you know, a lot of clients this year were clamoring to be in oil after last year. All your uh, high tech stocks were down. They wanted to be in oil and not high tech. And you know, it's totally flipped around this year. Natural gas up 16 cents, 319. Our Bob unchanged, 218. We've got gold up 440. Finally, an up day, 0.2%, but still only 1942. Silver down 15 cents, 22.12. Again, under 22, it's been a huge buy, over 23, not so much. We'll see if it gets below 22 again and if it goes back up. Copper up 3 cents, 362. We've got Bitcoin, which has hugely been rallying. Uh, Down today a little bit, 311, 36,825, still pretty high. The U.S. dollar, again, almost flat. euro is right at 106.7, and the British pound pound at 122. It's been like that for, for really several weeks, which a little flutters back and forth. Uh, Matt, you just got here, but what do you got for Traffic Weather Sports? Yeah,
5: good morning. Uh, These are going over... uh, How's the traffic, man? (laughs) Not fantastic this morning. Uh, I can say firsthand, uh, coming in on the inbound, uh, yeah, right here we can see it is, yeah, over an hour. Uh, currently 43 degrees in, here in Chicago, uh, 61 today, mostly sunny and cooler. Down in Phoenix, 63 degrees now, 87 degrees today, mostly sunny. Uh, traffic, uh, inbound on the Kennedy from Mount Rose, uh, in- interchange is 22 minutes. Uh, inbound, Eden's from Lake Cook, 45. Inbound, Eisenhower from Wolf, that's 52 minutes, yikes. Uh, inbound, Dan Ryan, 95th Street, interchange 19. Uh, inbound, Stevenson from I-294 to Ryan is 33. Uh, and we have some games here here are uh, this is for uh, college football uh, Michigan State uh, Ohio State 3 to 38 Michigan and Penn State 24 uh, 15 Rutgers there's Iowa Iowa 122 Illinois and Indiana 45 to 48 that's Illinois with 48 and Minnesota and Purdue 49 to 30 Purdue is 49 and Got Purdue won again oh, that's, that's unreal and Greg and you. What's that one? Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah, okay. You, Northwestern. Should know, you should know that when you live right up there, for God's sake. North, well, it's, miss, it's missing a, another U. Oh. Catch It's a one U for a double U. Well, and, uh, yeah, it's Northwestern 24 to 10 with Wisconsin. Uh, that's all for now. Thanks, Greg, for setting that up. I appreciate that. The. Uh, so maybe you should have taken the Kennedy today. Yeah, honestly, probably it, it's, it changes every day. That's the tough thing with this uh, construction at the moment. Uh, and actually, you know, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, uh, today was not related to construction on the uh, Eisenhower, but some sort of accident. Because, yeah, backed up for about 52 minutes uh, from Eisenhower to Wolf. Well, the way there.
2: people are driving, it's, I made the uh, <clears throat> turn from Kingsbury on to North Avenue this morning, which is normally pretty easy, right? Mm. But some guy is coming, he was going to make a left turn where I was making a right. And he was like a little bit behind me. Instead of just waiting, there was nobody behind me. and I me, mean, you know, how, how the 30, 30th of a second, or whatever it was, he makes his huge left turn into the what would have been the oncoming traffic. Yikes! Wow! And sped by me that way because he had to get ahead of me. Well, there's no more patience. It seems. No. You gotta have in that instant gratification. It's the it's it's the it's the generation. It's everybody. Yeah. You know, if if you're delayed for a second and there's a red light, you should have made the green. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was was all the Dan ran, uh, but. We came back uh, on, on 355, coming from St. Charles to Orland. There was the obligatory, one person shoots by at uh, 100 miles an hour and three other people have to chase him because he's getting away with something. Mm. It's not just the Ryan. It's kind of all over the place. We need a couple of cops, I think. Yeah. We so could use a few, just a couple. Have, do we have Mr. Flanagan? Oh, we do indeed, yeah.
1: You do? Good morning.
2: Yo, how are you, John?
1: I'm good. Good time. How about you, Matt? It was an right. interesting was weekend good.
2: for everybody, and uh, you went to a concert?
1: I did, piano recital down at orchestra hall, the first one of the season. So very well attended, very enthusiastic crowd, uh, great pianist. So good
2: afternoon. Good. You know, nobody was, I hear there was a, I heard rumor that there was a, normally, where, not normally where I go, but once in a while I go to the restaurant depot on Saturday morning. And <laughs> with my brother's yesterday and Dan, who's a, uh, firing, he's my, uh, my niece's boyfriend. Great guy. He's a, he's a paramedic said so they had a, a couple of robberies where guys pulled into the restaurant depot parking lot on Saturday morning where I might normally be. Started robbing guys in the parking lot. Is there is there any place you can escape this now?
1: Yikes. Well, I was gratified to read that they have made two arrests in that rash of you know, smash and grabs and uh, thefts in uh, Lincoln Square and North Center last not this past weekend, the one before that, a, like a 15-year-old kid and a 19-year-old guy they arrested. Well, the kid's um, probably,
2: he's carrying the gun. Mm. Yeah. Not the yeah. 19-year-old, because now the kid, so that the 15-year-old's already out.
1: Yeah, this is, these, are, these are strategic decisions, Tom, to do it this way.
2: Yeah. I, would, I would find a place um, a ways away, and all the juveniles would end up there for a minimum of two weeks. What are you going to do? Do you want to go to college? Do you want to go to high school? Do you want to join the army? Do you want to stay here for like three years A break breaking cement? What, I mean, what do you want to do with your life? Or do you want
1: to be dead in five years? I
2: mean, we we need to, this. this whole thing is wrong. You can't send somebody right back to the, to the hole in which they live and where they came out of like that. I and mean, clearly, if somebody's wandering around at four in the morning and you're 15, there's not much family there, or does no. people not have the, the common sense on this? There needs to be some way to break this this pattern. And the idea is that uh, you can't even mention the area people came from. If that's where the problems are, uh, you know, if you have a broken leg, I really would like the doctors working on my leg, not my arm. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no you, have to, you have to send the resources where the issues are. Mm. In some areas, the issues, the people are white. Some areas, the, the people are black. It's not like it's all one or the other. I mean, what what if somebody would have, in the South, in the Ku Klux Klan, when they're still probably around, was being total morons and idiots and and, and re- messing with people? If every time you you arrested three white guys, did you have to arrest a black guy? What, they didn't do anything. I mean, what what are we doing here with this? This makes absolutely no sense. We we, we know where the problems are. We know that every night there's 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 carloads of how many people you think? And now it's becoming daytime too. There's people driving around in cars that are probably stolen, looking for mayhem. They're armed to the teeth, looking to rob or just pick people off, and it doesn't matter what the neighborhood is now, unless you address that and say this is going to stop, and we're going to have cameras, we're going to have cars, we're going to be watching for these kind of plate, these the, the 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 stolen license plate, blacked out car pulling into Lincoln Park at two in the morning. What are they there for? I mean, come on. There's a, there's a certain amount of common sense to this isn't there Jan? but but we don't seem to have it
1: well you you, you and I remember town, you know curfew laws yeah
2: still
1: are, are still technically on the books as far as I know well, there's it.
2: a lot of laws on the book
1: but yeah <laughs> but it, but it really was a, a I mean deterrent isn't even the right word it's not strong enough um I was always very conscious when I was in violation of the law if I was out without my parents in any situation and the last thing I wanted was you know getting dragged in on a curfew violation if I were riding around in somebody's car at 2 in the morning. I, I was By doing that, I was in violation of the law and I was extremely sensitive to the power of the police to uh, you know, arrest me, write me up, humiliate me in front of my parents and family members. Um, it's the same thing with truancy laws in schools and, and you know vagrancy laws and gatherings. Standing around on street corners you know, looking for something to do. Uh, all of these things, were, were you know, whether they were always equitably enforced or enforced at all, I think the intention was, was right. And you, you, if you don't have norms that allow people to feel comfortable uh, in their homes, in their neighborhoods, on the streets, in cars, or whatever, um, and, and you've got, got you know, in ignorance of laws that are designed to, to give people those assurances, then no wonder we have the situation we have. I, I, the traffic laws are just another extension of this with people speeding or, mm. or reckless driving or driving in oncoming traffic to get to the left turn lane, you know, 300 feet up ahead, and nobody thinks anything now, just ignoring these things. U-turns everywhere. Well, I'm, the, the, I'm, the, the thing, thing is, though, it, it, like Jack,
2: it's very unsafe. We don't want to sound like oh, but it's very unsafe. It's, it's not. I mean, I don't. I, I drove into Toronto, uh, I don't know years ago.
4: Wait, you guys, you didn't. See the uh, thing about the high speed chase, yeah.
2: It's how did take the, how they take the guy? They went
4: south side all the way to the Wisconsin border. Yeah,
2: how, how did how, how does that happen? I th-
4: I think they got him though. They
2: on the way back.
4: Yeah, the <laughs> give us the, the Tribune. What happened? Yeah, the Tribune. I think it was yesterday. I was reading that a guy did some armed robbery, obviously, but he was on the south side, and then they they knew which car he was in though. So they knew which car was it. They called the helicopter to follow him. And all of a sudden they're on like a two hour car chase that goes all the way to the Wisconsin border. Mm-hmm. Nobody was hurt, any anything you know, nothing happened a lot. But he was <laughs> he was like on uh ninety four and went all the way from you know, the south side all the way up to like the Wisconsin border, turned around. I think the Wisconsin police were notified in case he went in there. But they had the chopper and I read on Twitter one one guy said, "Why did twenty seven police cars just fly by me?" <laughs> so the guy was, the guy was, he was. Uh,
2: well, I, you know, this is. Uh, I sound like I'm a <clears throat> somebody who's. Uh, yeah, I
4: just looked it up. His name's Norbert Thigpen, thirty six, eighty four hundred, South Michigan.
2: i, yeah. I you know, but I'm not. A, I'm not an expert on this, but I've had policemen in the family, and my uncle was. Uh, one day I go to my grandmother's and I see this. I'm a, I'm a kid, my like young, and I see this gorgeous car in front of my grandmother's house. It's a '57 Olds convertible. You know, those are beautiful cars. I'm like, well, can I? Whose car is it? My uncle goes. Well, I'm driving it. They, they wonder. They, they're trying to sell it. I said, How come they're trying to sell it? He says, well, they, it was uh, stolen or something, and they can't find the owner. Just you know, who knows what the deal was. But he says, I'm not going to buy it. It's, it's too hot. I go, What do you mean? He goes, Come on, let's go for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> they get three. They get three deuces on it. You don't even
4: know what that means, Greg. On on here it is on Saturday shortly before five thirty p.m. Police responded to a retail yeah. establishment, eighty six hundred South Cicero, and uh, I guess the employee he demanded the employee give him money from the cash register. They did, and then the the suspect
2: shot at the ceiling. Yeah, just make sure everybody everybody get down or whatever.
4: Right. And then they started chasing him at five thirty. They didn't catch him till seven twenty-five. So in,
2: in, in, in the traffic and the construction, the guy was seven twenty-five. That was two hours. He was OJ. I don't. Uh, well, my uncle said he was. He was. He was when the county policeman. He goes. I'm, I'm on Lagrange Road or someplace. The radio says, uh, armed robber guy in in red convertible. He I look out the window, and the thing fly by. Flies by me like a three di- a spike di- strips. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. call him sticks. Yeah, they, he missed.
4: Three three sticks. <laughs> they tried to.
2: They tried I wonder to, if somebody else hit him. I don't know. But he goes. He's like, I, He goes. I figured. I'm not going to catch that thing. I radio ahead, and, and there were, he goes. They had him a mile down, or two coppers down there They pull him over it. How do you not radio ahead? I mean, uh, they had the police chopper on this guy. Yeah, they should have dropped a bomb on him. <laughs>
4: and now Maybe we're guided the, missile. Yeah. Our own yeah. <laughs> people.
2: Well, you know, we could use the rat patrol. But anyway, the Toronto thing was. You drive in there, there's a big sign. It says speed limit was in kilometers. So say it was 80 kilometers. Over 90, 100 bucks. Over 100, 250 bucks. Over 110, we impound your car. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you did that in Orion every night, Crap, I'd be arrested. Yeah, over this over morning. 90, over
4: 95, I'd be arrested over, this morning. That's only 70 miles an hour.
2: Well, I mean, over, I mean, if you're going over 100 on the you know, you know what? It's or 95. Impound the car. I'm not saying you don't ever give it back, but make it a real procedure. I think if you did 15 of those a weekend, six weeks from now, you'd find a lot less of it. Just saying, because word word would get around. Let's just say
1: this is a deterrent effect. Town, very powerful deterrent.
2: Yeah. So anyway, John, we were we've been talking about all this. It all kind of is somewhat the same subject. What do you What do you make of the downgrade of the U.S. Uh, well, I don't say downgrade. They're on credit watch. Uh, I'm going to say. That this whole idea of a, the federal government not being able to pay their debts, they're not going to quote default, they're just going to print their own money and pay their own debts, which is essentially what they're doing and, and and that is the the cruelest tax you can put on your population and one of these days, I hope people wake up to the fact that every time you get a a ten percent inflation number on a year, even if you know they're lying about it, that the hundred dollars in your pocket is now worth ninety and i I don't understand why. More people don't put that two and two together and be pissed off about it, but they they sort of should. And I was just talking earlier that you could think you could have a quarter mil in the bank, you go buy a new truck, uh, have a new roof put on, and spend three nights in Northwestern, and you're broke. And I don't think anybody has a clue that the numbers have gotten that bad. And then most people don't have a quarter million in the bank. Just saying.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I suspect that the you know downgrade or Credit Watch, you know, isn't any more threatening than the fact that we're facing another government shutdown. Uh, you know, so how many weeks since the last threat? Well, it's the know. same subject, right? Yeah, yeah it, it's become so routine. Um, nobody is, is upset about it. Even when the, when the, there seems to be jitters in the international markets over this, I don't I don't think there's any sense that this is something that is you know going to change behaviors or you know really you know alter people's you know, prognostications, things just sort of lumber along. And we, we become so desensitized to what real dislocations are anymore. We don't, we don't really respect the system when it sends signals that should be you know, creating fear or loathing among us. Uh, we expect somehow this to be a bailout at the last minute and some, somebody will cave somewhere and there'll be money printed to cover it and you know, we'll wake up the next day like nothing happened. Uh, we've, we've been lulled into this so often that you can't blame people for thinking it's the norm now.
2: Well, Greg, how many months ago did you uh, you time the uh, uh, the clock? Yeah, I was timed it It was was forty one, and now it's thirty one. Yeah, this is the this is the net national debt clock. Um, uh, million dollars, mm-hmm. all it takes.
4: I guess the real question is what what's the uh, impetus or what's the important turning, what's the important point that that forces. Uh, discipline or financial
2: discipline? Um, you know, you're that's a, what we got to look for. Th- the host of the show, th- th- to kick the two the two uh, subjects together, it had to be what? Was it before you were even on, John? Two, three years ago? Somebody shot out of a car on Lakeshore Drive at noon and hit a baby and killed a baby. Yep. It like Monroe and Lakeshore Drive. And I said, you know, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's as far as it can go. People are going to start being really pissed off about it, and we're going to we're going to end this. Just just like the St. Uh, Valentine's Day Massacre, even though people kind of loved having the mob around because they were good for business, it it turned the whole thing against them, right, John? I thought yep. this this is the day. This can't get any lower. How much lower have we gone since that day? Same thing with this. We're up to in, in 2000. This is the the math here. About 1980, the federal debt was uh, roughly a third of the GDP. In 2000 it was 55% of it. Now it's 124% of it. And we're talking in, in 23 years. So in 10 years it's going to be 200 and some times the GDP. I mean, where are we going with this? It's just I mean I there, yeah, does, you answer your question, Greg. I don't I I I don't know
4: what's going what it's going to be. What are the lines in the sand that force that force uh I don't know. But forced discipline. I, so well, it, one's cash squeeze, so the government's going to shut down, or the government could shut down. That would be a, you know, decrease in government demand or whatever they want to call it. So maybe there's a buying opportunity there. But what's what? What are events? Wars obviously would would squeeze, but you never. I mean, not really because you just print more.
2: Well, I'll, I'll ask you as a, as the younger guy here. John, you can pipe in, uh, even though you're older. <laughs> um, back in... Uh, I've told this story a bunch of times. I used to drive every Saturday morning down to the south side, maybe Sunday, take my mom to breakfast, right? Good, the good son. And the good mom, by the way. Uh, one morning, they've got a guy on there who was on the Federal Reserve Board during the, you know, the 70s, when all this stuff was happening. And the airborne embargo, 73, and all this crap's going on. So... They asked him about the inflation. He says, well, you know, prices are going up, and all of a sudden we get this Arab embargo, so we, we blame it on oh, Arabs. He says, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and the guy says, well, you know, we, and then we had uh, food prices are going up, and we blamed it on the fact that you had to deliver food by truck, and that's part of the thing. So then we said, okay, those things are so variable, they're due to this outside shock, uh, and the outside shock being the oil prices up. So we blamed inflation on that. Read uh, supply chain interruptions, right, John? <laughs> Read, yeah. sa- you know, s- same shit. And uh, So so they go, uh, you know, okay. And finally, one day, and he goes, plus we got this little guy, Milton Friedman, running around telling everybody that we're the ones that are causing it. And nobody's paying attention to him. This guy's saying this on the radio. And he, and he says, all of a sudden, one day we walk in, and even though we took out energy, we took out food, all of a sudden we, somebody looked around the room and said, guys, we got inflation. <laughs> we can't deny it anymore. <laughs> and but at least at least they were they were regular people who sort of knew their job was to not have inflation. He says we started to fight, it and Paul Volcker came in, and you know they ch- turned the bus around. But uh, you know, but they sort of recognized it, and Carter did too, and and and, and put Volcker in. I mean, if, if you ask the multitudes, they will tell you that Reagan put Volcker in. He didn't. Carter did. I'm not a fan of Carter, but let's at least be correct on this. And uh, so, he, you know, so now it's like we know we got it, but we don't care. What are we going to do about it? Let's just even put more, more money in and, and just keep going. There doesn't seem to be to answer your question, Greg. I don't know it, but back then it turned by the people actually who were in charge realizing that they had gone down this road and they had gone too far, and, and they knew that they had to turn the bus around. And they were they were. For lack of a better term, somewhat more statesmanlike than our people now, but now you look at what's going on with the market and everything. Then it, the big difference then I think was it happened so gradually, and I really wish I knew the answer to this question. It ha- it happened so gradually that it it became part of the of the vernacular. When I say the vernacular, you knew the inflation was going to be ten percent, so your savings and loan were paying twelve and a half. So, Grandpa Greg. Never was hurt by it. If he with his savings anyway. I mean, he, he was. If he didn't have an increase in pay and as much as inflation, but his saving, his wealth was never in danger. If, even in a bank, he didn't have to put it in the market. So the other, so the, the prices were so high. Price uh, stocks were priced as if you know interest rates were that high, and they were in Dow was like eight hundred. Now it's been totally opposite. Where somehow or other the banks have been able to resist paying people this money. So if you had your money in the bank, you've gotten ob- obliterated, and the only place where the money has gone is into the market and in, in, in the, in the prices of stuff where people have pricing power. It's a totally different phenomenon. And to be honest with you, the body is, I don't know why. Do you have any idea, John? Why, why were these guys able to pull it off this time when people in the bank got no dough? And yet, I'd like
1: to know, Tom, what, what you say is true. Remember you know when... Interest rates and mortgages and adjustable mortgages. I mean, what a revolutionary concept they were!
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. But no, nobody w- would have ever thought that such a thing could be doable, or or you know, or would be immediately the source of financial panic as it would spiral out of control. But back when mortgages were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen percent, what you could earn at a bank or savings and loan, it didn't it didn't intimidate you. It didn't no. deter you from buying a house. You could still make money. And certainly enough to get by in the short term, un- unlike what we're presented with today. And I don't know how it happened. I think it's it's extremely, you know, you know, it's it's harder now to turn the bus around. This is what people, you know, ex- how they expect to be treated and how the banks expect to be treated by giving people nothing for their money. So I'm, I'm you know, it, at some point the people did lose control of it. And it, it, actually, when you look back, time the, the the inflationary spiral we had in the '70s was was pretty contained compared to today. Well, it wasn't I mean, a it,
2: was, it wasn't a spiral. It was just very steady. It was eight, ten, twelve percent right, a year.
1: But it was a co- comparatively short duration. But I, don't, eh, I don't No,
2: know, no, think. no, 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 no. It was '68. I mean, I'll say
1: '72, '73. After you know Nixon had been in for a while, it really it started to increase dramatically.
2: Um, I
1: guess so you could say maybe since '68, or you know, when the Vietnam War was so heated up.
2: When we went but off it, the gold standard in '68, to to essentially pay for the Vietnam War and expand the money supply, part of it was your your buddy Charles de Gaulle kept the man in gold for his for his for his cash, right? And we didn't want that to happen. <laughs> um. So, but I I think it was it was it was a sneaky starter in '68, just like here. I think it was a sneaky starter in 2000, but didn't become a problem until COVID, because, because well, you, now you it, now
1: we're at the 23rd year at that. Yeah. Well. And and, back then, I I remember it being insidious to the extent that I didn't pay much more for food, or transportation, gas, or anything in '73 compared to what I paid in '67 or '68. Nobody, I mean, nothing had really, you know, gotten so distorted. People were shocked, or you know, started really ratcheting back on their on their habits of, of spending money. Well, we we've become so acculturated now to galloping inflation. Now, you know, and the longer we wait to fix it, you know, the harder it is to turn the bus around because the bus is going faster all the time.
2: I, th- I think once uh, you, uh, the same thing to a lesser extent happened back then, John. I mean, here we we, we were going from the, uh, uh, let's say, from sixty eight to seventy three. I'm going to check this right now as I'm talking to you. Um, it was it was creeping just like it was from two thousand to 2020 it was five percent a year, and they were telling you it was one and a half. Same kind of crap. And but then when when the Arab oil embargo hit, uh, then all of a sudden you you, in '73, people started to focus on it. But I'm going to look here, January. I'm going to go back, January of 1968. I'm going to say there was some, but you are correct. It wasn't wasn't in your face. To uh, January of, would you want to say '73? I don't know when the embargo was. What yes, uh,
1: after. You the Yom Kippur War in '73.
2: I'm just well, let's just go with the January to January, from uh, 1968 to 1973. A dollar was then worth a dollar twenty-five, so it was five percent a year, sort of like it was between 2000 and 2020. But they were reporting one and a half or two, right? Yeah. But it really, was five. So yeah, so it was five percent a year, and I'm going to say before '68. Um, I'm going to check this here. Say before '68 it was more like two and a half, if that, but let's change the dates. Let's say from 1960 to 1968. I think it was under what people were, were getting every year. You see that from 1960 to 1968 it was only it's a dollar 16, so it's two percent a year. And I'm thinking the average person was, was uh, getting three to three and a half percent a year raise.
1: Yeah, so and you compare different. housing prices yeah. or rents in those years think of, think of the blow up in you know 2006 seven and eight in the housing market which um, sort of stands apart from this you know inflationary trend because it was grossly accentuated and filled with fraud and you know the whole system had just completely broken down but um, that we didn't have in you know the 60s and 70s we didn't have this explosive growth in anything. Uh, let alone in shelter. Well, and for people, you know, could could easily cope with whatever you know else they had to deal with because you know medical care, education, transportation, you know, airfares were comparatively unreachable by today's standards, and people didn't yeah. travel. People well, you did if you, do, if you if you did meals.
2: for business, you traveled.
1: Yeah, it was just it was a very you know people and people were comfortable with it too. Well, if you they were ever,
2: if you for, for for in, for business, and the stewardesses at Braniff. All wore uh, Gucci gowns. Yeah, you were very comfortable. I was. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, if you well, had the dog, du-
1: I like the the air for, the air trip more than the vacation.
2: Oh yeah. Well, the uh, but I mean, this is when people look back, and you you talk to you know, listen to Jerome Powell. If he talks again, he'll you know he'll bore you to tears with this two percent number. Where does it come from? It comes right from here. I'm going to say the economic nirvana in this country, if there was such a thing was between 1960 and 1968. You didn't want to be sick. God help you if you had a heart attack or cancer or something. But, um, or even or even a bad tooth, out came the to tooth. I mean, it was miserable living, if you had anything wrong with you. Uh, but you're talking about a 2% inflation every year, which is what he's talking about all the time, right? The, the flip side was, I will bet that my stepfather and your dad and Greg's grandfather Averaged a minimum of three to three and a half percent, four percent a year increase in whatever they were earning. So, your standard of living across the country was going up, and everybody was growing. I mean, granted, and
1: savings was a relatively painless activity. It was easy to put money away to save for the next down payment you needed for a house or a new car or some other expenditure that. you could prepare for it quite easily. You didn't have to starve yourself. You didn't have to deny yourself, you know, basic, you know, pleasures or, you know, recreation in order to, to get some kind of savings put away every month. It was very easy.
2: Well, I'm going to go back to, just because this is a personal thing, I'm going to go back to 1958 when my mother and stepfather bought our bungalow in St. John Fisher Parish. dollar uh, 19. so 19% inflation over 10 years. I will bet you... And they bought the house there or they paid eighteen grand for it or something. I'll bet you by nineteen sixty five or sixty six the house the house was up um let's say fifty percent forty five percent just on value uh and I'm gonna. it's cause they did they bought it at eighteen sold it at like twenty eight like in nineteen sixty eight I've got this right right here lived there ten years i think and uh I'll bet my stepfather's salary my mom wasn't working. Um, that he was paying the mortgage out of uh half of his first paycheck and i 'll bet his, his salary at least doubled over that ten years i mean it was in most but he was an executive when he went to he went to uh of chicago you know whatever the executive m b a program and so i mean there was reason for his to but a regular guy i 'll bet was up forty to fifty percent with inflation up twenty percent and when when Howell talks about that. I think he's talking about that era, but he's forgetting the part about real income going up, right? 2% is only terrific if real income is going up by 3 That's called growth, right? Right. That means that you can, you, can, you can go to work, live on, you know, make 100 hours a week, live on 90 comfortably and put 10 in the bank every week. Nobody does that now. It's a whole different no. world. When he talks about the 2%, he's talking about one piece of a very large puzzle, uh, SP futures up uh, down nine, as on thirty six. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks
6: Three four five six. That's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com.
3: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and Jocks.
2: Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control.
4: Right here.
0: Right now. Right here. Right now. Right 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
2: Hello and Road Big and Jacks. I'm Tom Tom. I'm Ed Byrne on the board. S.B. Future's down 7.75. dollars Nancy Future's down 33 I will bet by the end of the day, of course you don't want to take my market plastic prosec- investigations, we're going to say... What kind, of, what kind of downgrade is this, Greg? Screw this downgrade. I'm buying, by the dip. got yeah, Microsoft is down uh, 76 cents. That's the dip, buddy. That's your that's your last chance. What do you think? Uh, 96 cents. 76. But 76? It's down. It's the dip.
4: Can you get a pack of gum for that?
2: Uh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I, like I got one for you. John's old enough. He might, he might, I don't want to look this up. I'm going to do this in memory. I was over in the, I wanna get gas on, uh, yesterday morning, my usual spot. And I see they've got a, a candy bar on the counter for a dollar eight, marked down from like two fifty or something. It's a Snickers bar with a green inside. Ugh. Yeah, and I no, said to I, the I guy, sure so,
5: j- "Just didn't go bad."
2: I, no, it's intentionally <laughs> I,
5: green. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I said to the guy, "What is that? Some kind of mint or something?" He goes, "No." He goes, "I, I, uh, I tried one." He goes, "I thought it'd be like mint. It might be something halfway decent, mint and chocolate." Because it's just green. It's like they, <laughs> I said. So it's like Saint Patrick's Day beer. It's just green. He goes,
1: yeah. Sort of. Oh I go, God. Not, uh, not wasabi mustard. Oh. Okay. Right. <laughs> so
2: I, I did not buy one, but I got a question for you guys, <laughs> especially for you younger dudes. When did the? How long did the nickel candy bar last, and when did it? When was its demise? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do
5: a ball. I'm gonna say 75, 1975. Greg.
2: I don't
4: even know what a nickel, ca- or oh, wait, like the price, or is yeah, that the, brand? Price.
5: the price. Yeah. They're all a nickel
2: for forever, until they weren't. Oh, man.
4: I don't know. I know the McDonald's hamburger was a nickel when they started, and that was what, the 50s? Yeah. was it a so nickel because White a, Castles were, it was, was
2: always 12 cents is the lowest I saw. When I'll was the candy yeah. bar a nickel? Uh, f- Time's up. Time's up, yeah. I don't know. Uh Matt is actually very close. I think it was why don't you look it up, man? I think it was seventy three. Okay. But it let la- it was a nickel from like nineteen thirty something yeah. to nineteen seventy three. Of course, it kept getting smaller.
4: Here's a here's a trivia question along the same uh same line. How long has a little Caesar's Pizza been five dollars? Oh god, I've never had a little Caesar's Pizza, so I wouldn't know. I'll say
5: ninety seven.
2: I have no idea. 19 years now. Really? Yeah. But it's got to be keep getting smaller and smaller. It's got to be the size of a quarter now. No. Is that? No. Well, anyway, they then when they it went from it got, it, the ounces kept dropping to finally they went to a dime, but it didn't double, as you might expect. Went up by, like, what, 50% in size, Jim. That was, like, 1973 yeah. or 4. Now, what are they, 2 bucks? But they're bigger, obviously, than the nickel one was. But the nickel was an okay size bar.
4: Here's some candy inflation. After Halloween, I w- I got excited. I went to the store, and I got a couple of bags of candy. Um, I rang one up, and I thought it was a mistake until the guy said, "No, it's not a mistake." Five the, bucks. The twelve twelve dollar bag of candy uh-huh. I got for a dollar fifty. Wow. So, oh, it had to be
2: it had to be all the it had to be Halloween stuff all over it though. When,
4: when uh, no, it was just the fun size packs. You know, the mini really? Skittles, the mini M and M's, the mini. So fact, that, I kind
2: of like those because you can have a little taste of sugar without eating very much, yeah, well, oh,
4: I got a bunch yeah. of my cars
2: so I can go grab some for you. Right oh now. God don't bring them in the office every research bring them in here, mm-hmm. and it's not the right thing,
1: yeah, but but how long much. did we have dime phone calls Tom, in a pay phone? Oh yeah, When did that it, well, then it went to
2: the quarter and it it got to the point in. where talk about politics in Chicago, the people right bef- right before you know cell phones came out uh, you you had to be very politically connected to have to rent the top, like the top, the 10 phones, like in the Rock Island station or something, or Union Station. I mean, you, they made a fortune in there. Yeah. Because you put, then it got to the point where you put the quarter in, only got you to Chicago. If you wanted to, if you called like Oak Park, it was another buck or something. <laughs> so you had, you had to pour in like another four quarters to get to Oak Park or Oak Lawn or
1: something. Remember that, John? Well, and when the area code started to pull the freight, as there were more and more you know, n- numbers being allocated to people, that really screwed up the billing system for people, because um, it didn't ma- you, I mean, you you knew the difference between long distance and local always, but you know, calling from you know any part of Chicago to any other part of Chicago, you know, was a standard set number, and you know, it, it changed at night. Remember, you know, rates went down at 9 p.m. They still do for utilities and stuff. Um, but it was very. It was. I don't. You know. There were no big dislocations in people's expenditures for using. Did the you phone ever get phone.
2: totally uh, hornswoggled by the phone company? In one of these episodes, I did. I, I hate to it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I everybody got stories. Yeah. Well, I my. I got one. Get a little of this, Greg, and, and this, is, this is something from. Like I said, not everything is is uh, more expensive. A lot of things are a lot cheaper. Phone being one of them. Hmm. Um, when I first moved in this place here, I get the phone and I get the. You know, it was a landline, obviously. And they and they go, uh, local, local calls are all in the same price. And, of course, you, you picked your long-distance carrier, and I picked Sprint or whatever it was. They were real cheap. And I I just, you know, go on like that like a big dummy. So all of a sudden, I get my bill the next month, and I get this huge bill. And I'm like, what in God's name is that? Well, Audrey lived in, what oh, How hell was she at the time? Uh, Hickory Hills or something. Uh. Well, you don't you don't have a... What was the term, John? A, a, a mid mid term provider, a mid distance. I didn't have, I didn't have anybody for the area codes outside of three, three twelve, three one two in uh, in Chicago. I didn't. I had long distance and I had local. I didn't have the middle. Because that's not technically long distance, because in the states. So my bill was like a hundred bucks. Back, back when a hundred bucks was like you know a lot of dough. And, I,
1: and you I'm, get you know two or three separate phone bills every month. Yeah. Right?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it was a mess. <laughs> And and the breakup of AT&T, or the so-called breakup of AT&T. Because it clearly wasn't a breakup, it was just a recalibration.
2: Of course, Kevin Um, has to to, uh, correct me. White Room was Cream, not the Moody Blues. There you go. Hmm.
1: (laughs) What was the one? White Bird was It's a Beautiful Day.
2: Yeah, that's right. uh, White
1: Rabbit was Jefferson. White Rabbit. There
2: there, there were three whites. There were three whites. I I keep getting them all mixed up. But every one of them had incredible lyrics to them. There were three whites instead of... uh, Instead of two,
1: you who know, poetry on steroids,
2: right? So, the the question is on, is still on the table, even though we've dodged around it. no so still knows the answer. What is going to be the thing that that causes these guys to say stop? And, and who's going to take the fall for it? Is it going to be the pension people? Is it going to be? you already have to a certain extent. anybody doesn't think that the people on Social Security that that are going to get over the last three years, you're going to end up with a. I counted next year's raise. Since the beginning of COVID, uh, Social Security is up twenty percent, twenty and a half percent, and I think inflation is thirty-eight to forty. So the retirees have already taken that hit, and will continue to, I'm sure. So they're essentially going up half of inflation. Uh, so there's part of the hit. Who else keeps? Who else? Who else takes the hit? Is the market gonna one of these days collapse? I mean, some someday. Uh, I just, honestly, don't don't even worry about a small company you know greg uh, greg you guys can open up 3 restaurants and i don't really care if you're trading 11 times revenue cuz guess what if you guys are really good you can double right you can double your business maybe with one more place and all of a sudden who knows what you guys do you you're good at what you do if you're adobe if you're microsoft how the hell do you double without having another planet added onto the system how, how, how if you're if you're 20 billion dollars a year in revenue how do you double I mean, without the government doubling the money supply, which they might, uh, it's impossible. I mean, how can how can all eight of these firms grow fifty percent? You you
4: convince the public that your TAM, what is the total addressable market, ah. is bigger.
2: Oh, well, now we're back to China, China, China. Right. Everybody over there had a exactly. four cokes a day. That'd be how many billion cokes? Exactly. All right. Well, let's. Like I forgot about that, Jack, because that's on the back burner. Normally, or mentioned.
4: You do what right. Tesla did and say, we're not a car company, we're an everything company. Ah. Right,
1: or an Amazon.
4: Yeah. Right, we're an everything company. I'm, never, I'm not a Tesla We'll dasher. take your money at every single stop
2: that you make to... If they didn't manage to get those checks from all the other car companies, the carbon checks, would they even be in business today? I'm well, going to say no. For people well, They wouldn't know,
1: have anything like the... Cachet they have now. Either. How many what hundreds
2: of million have. dollars did they get every quarter? From for people who don't know, if you went went to Ford and bought a pickup, a gas pickup, there was a carbon credit that Ford had to pay to Tesla because they they were net positive. Because every time you put on an electric car, allegedly there's a carbon credit. But I I'm going to say if you take everything from from cradle to grave and an electric car and all the and all the uh Stuff that's being used to mine the lithium and do all the other stuff—I'm not sure it's any better, is it? If it is, it's it's marginal. It's.
1: I think people are are, sales of of EVs are tanking with good reason. Um, I thought they were going replacement cost for batteries. The you know the 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 resale value I think is not great on them. Um, Maintenance is difficult. Certainly, recharging you know. Taking an EV and a long car trip, forget it. And that I don't mean even like a you know a junket to the West Coast, but you know driving from here to Minneapolis with an EV, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Where you know can you be assured of finding a station you can use, and, and you know spending the eight to ten hours it takes to recharge the battery, you know are you gonna have to check into the motel to do it? I don't. know. I have a I, really I stupid
2: question. If if I have a Tesla and I do want to drive to Vegas or someplace. How far can I go with the air conditioning and everything else on? And when I pull over, can I go to lunch and get it charged? Or is it five Here's some hours? some
4: bad news for you. Um, mm. If you buy the Cybertruck, they'll sue you if you sell it within a year. A Cybertruck. So you're cyber looking truck. for a truck, right? Yeah. So you decide to get the Cybertruck.
0: What is a Cybertruck?
4: Oh, come on, Chief. It's I have no idea. I, I, it's I, I, the one that looks kind of like a triangle. Oh. The, oh, yeah. The one that they they uh, threw the rock or the steel ball at during the demonstration and it broke the window.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, Greg, it, it does look like something from like an early version of Halo. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Halo truck. <laughs> a very low resolution. So,
4: their, their new truck, right? Okay. So, it's the electric truck. But if you resell it, the paperwork in the contract says that you have to pay them $50,000 wow. or you're liable for. You're in trouble, basically. They oh, don't so want people reselling their truck just to resell it, so they give you a year before you can resell. Right, it. So, but
2: they're saying if my economic mind would would be would tell you that that would imply that I'm paying a hundred grand for it, and the market value is really two hundred. So they don't want me flipping it. Is that what's right. going on? Yeah. yeah. All right. See, I'm pretty good at that part at least. Uh yeah. So maybe, I saw I saw one of those Rivians the other day. It Looks pretty nice. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. No, okay. So my question is. I get to... Where am I going to get? St. Louis. And, it, and it's Maybe. And it's, and it's out of gas or out of, out of juice. I pull over someplace. Is it, you know, a nice lunch? And I get back in? Or are we talking four hours? Are we talking eight? Do I got to stay overnight? What do I got to do?
1: Well, but my brother and sister-in-law have a Chevy Volt, which is a hybrid. And they've had it for, I think, three, four years now. And I've driven it, you know, and kept it while they are on vacation and stuff. And, you know... What they do, their pattern is, you know, they, I think they can get a 100-some miles on charge. And then, of course, it, it it just seamlessly switches over to gasoline-powered. And it gives you the range in miles that you have left on your gas tank. And also, you know, when you have power in the and it's charged, it tells you how many miles left on your charge. But they charge it overnight. And there's two... You know, different rates you can charge it at different amperages.
2: Well, if the gas engine comes on, does it recharge? Is it powerful enough to move it and charge the battery up, or no?
1: No, it, it isn't enough to to pump up the the battery to drive the car. You know, it it does have a, an alternator. and It does, you know, it has a start, you know, a battery to start the car. which is a separate battery, just like a conventional battery that you would have. For, I guess,
5: well, you know, the the the, the
2: Fisker was like that. the, the original Fisker before he, they started blowing up. Well, no, they were went out of business that came back. The original ones were yeah. ju- were just like, but they had a diesel in there. And the diesel would kick in. And the guy said the same thing, that the diesel would be enough to drive you wherever you wanted to go, but it wasn't powerful enough to charge the batteries at the same time.
1: Right, right.
2: Seems like a great
4: work. engineering decision. A well, kind of moron does that.
1: Well,
2: what do you mean? Every time you see it <laughs>
4: from the guy who can't design shit.
2: Will, will you ever see a... Uh, like a train go by, you see the locomotive that, that's what the principal there is is. The diesel just charges up the electric.
4: Well, yeah, and I mean Toyota figured it out a long time ago where you should have that the power region or, or the power you know get get at least some energy from the brakes right, so my Rivian, I'm not sure if Tesla does it. Rivian has that built in if you let off the gas, it automatically starts braking.
2: Uh, so you're, you're, if it's electric that's called dynamic braking. Yeah. yeah. As, what do you think stops your old car? When you're when you're when you're driving when you're coming on the train, they're all electric. And when it when uh On it, the hybrids
4: I think it shifts you to neutral and it's just like a regular regular car. Could be. Um, you know what I'm saying your your, your, in your the CTA car. All electric, it seems like uh, with the at least the Rivians,
2: I'm not sure. Maybe the newer Teslas well, the, but, the braking on the CTA car comes from the motors. Yeah. And then when you get near a station, you hear that clunk. You kind of hear that clunk. What's what, what's the clunk? Not on the new cars. Eh. Well, you hear a little bit of a clunk. New Maybe car's I'm a, not paying attention. Well, it's actually a magnet that goes down and grabs the rail. Yeah. That's, that's, what, pulls you, that's, what, that's what takes you to a complete stop. Because there's no, there's no brakes on that thing like you normally would have. That's the difference between a i to go off on tangents. Between a CTA car and like a New York subway car. New York subway car is a real train car. It has compressed air. When the doors open in the CTA car, they're all electric. Mm-hmm. The ones in New York are all compressed air like a regular train car would be. But they're 75 feet long and there's, they're married pairs, so they got all that stuff underneath. They're, they're serious cars. Anyway, we digress. We still haven't said what's going to make the government turn. I don't think it's going to be the next two weeks, John, do you? seems like it's when rich
4: people are spooked enough to not continue pouring money into the market when they're actually spending money on other things like, I don't know but the market will that would be my guess at least if the source of the money was all extra stuff from the Fed then if that's starting to dry up now then you would expect as soon as they stop spending it and putting it towards something else say like higher expenses then that's when the the rally would.
2: Well, once the Fed primes well, the pump, I mean, where are we now? I mean, Greg, I mean, you, you, without knowing it, you know better than anybody how wealth and money supply can be generated because of the way the futures, commodity futures, have their margins. Because what ends up happening is, is if if I all of a sudden make a million bucks and drop it off in the whatever bank, the Flannigan Bank and you get a loan for eight hundred thousand and put it back in the bank, you just created eight hundred thousand bucks. Because we yeah. both have so in the in the futures and in the stock world, if for instance, we talk about Microsoft and somebody is trading, let's say, three seventy. Um so somebody wants to buy thousand shares of Microsoft at PTI or Merrill Lynch or any place, you can buy that thousand shares instead of three hundred and sixty eight grand, you send PTI a check for what? Hundred what's that? Uh, uh, One hundred eighty-four, right? Because you have you have a fifty. Uh,
4: How um, much money have they printed since COVID?
2: Uh, four trillion, something like that.
4: Four trillion, <laughs> and the markets the markets up fifty percent or yeah, yeah. So well, I, well, I, total get a, money I get women.
2: I'm gonna get. A, I, I get. You asked. I'll, I'll show it to you right now. Make that well since two thousand. Here's the number and. Uh,
4: well, and, I'm uh, just assuming you know money,
2: money supply two thousand. How much four point nine trillion money supply now twenty point six so it's up essentially four and a half times and since then if you look
4: at in if you look at the market since two thousand it's up even more than that isn't it
2: uh, well, let me let me get to the two thousand Because
4: it's up four times i don't think it's
2: up five th- well it's
4: up four times since twenty ten
2: well the queues were uh one twenty and two thousand went down to twenty, and now they're now they're three seventy seven. So the Qs, are actually, even though they've been the big stalwart this year, are actually lagging since two thousand. A little bit. Too bad. So sad. Yeah. yeah too bad. So sad. But let me. Uh, while while you while you ask the question, I can do that on the new debt clock. I can turn the. I uh, can turn the. Uh, what do you call it? Here? Um, I if I know how to do this, I will. But I'll get I'll get the two thousand number. Uh, how the hell? You know, me and computers weren't at the best sometimes. Um, oh, that's why you got us, that's why I got we got why I got you guys anyway. The uh,
4: well, let's say roughly in 2000, the market was 115 or 120. The spiders,
2: uh, yeah, I can get that in a second, right. or oh, I guess
4: it was higher, it's 140, but then it dropped to 90. So let's call it like 110, 120, 110, yeah. 120, and today we're 440.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to get the uh, uh, the part here where you can go back in time. Time machine, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, two, two, you I want mean,
4: 2020? Is it a big mystery?
2: No, it isn't until I can find it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's just call it. Uh, 15. 15 in 2020, and now it's 20.6. So we're up essentially almost 30-some well, percent, almost 40% since, uh, since uh, 2000. And the money supply.
4: So if if the rich guys are thinking that the money supply impr- increases or the the market increases proportionally with the money supply. And we're up how many are we up since two thousand? Well how many times the money supply
2: Since two thousand it's up forty percent and that's about what the market is. Right.
4: No, since two thousand the, oh, the market's four times.
2: It's my money supply is up like five. So it's roughly there. So we
4: still got we still got uh, another fourth to go. Well, yeah, it's what I'm saying. It's, it's so let's buy. What is let's it? Buy some more. Yeah, five, five, ten calls, five twenty. The, 520 well, the
2: calls? question I was, zero, I was zeroing in on with you is, to a certain extent, the market can create can create its own wealth, because if if, if somebody buys a thousand shares of Microsoft at PTI and sends them a check for half of that, and Microsoft goes to four twenty five. Well, they're up. Well, they're 60, buying on margin then. Yeah, but they're up. But they're up sixty five grand. So if they want to buy more Microsoft, they could buy another. Another two hundred shares, right? With the same dough, so it, it, it keeps it keeps piling on itself because you, you get new buying power. Your wealth in the last year or so, you look at the inflation number, and you say, where are retail sales coming up from? They're coming up because wealth is up. If you look at the increase in housing prices in the last two years plus the market, the wealth of the population is up three trillion dollars. So okay, massive you got to
4: you got to look at which way the leverage is trending, though. Right. If you're if you're decreasing that margin. Uh, potential, then I would argue you're more likely to have flat or, or declining market. Well, I guess well, so.
2: Sum up what we've been saying, though. The, so the as soon of as that.
4: your your margins start going up, then you would be on watch. Maybe that would be a better I- right. buying opportunity than when the margins are going down.
2: Well, the the, the sort or of difference up, we've been bouncing me. back and forth between the 60s and here. And I'll go one thirty seconds, and we got go to get a break because we got Audrey coming on. in. It, there was a time, and I'm mean, just not Mayberry, where your wealth increased. Not that the houses didn't go up; they did. And the Market was going up. Is that the wealth was 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 Grandpa Grandpa Pappas making hundred hours a week? Like I said, living on ninety and putting ten in the bank. So the, your, your maybe he was putting he didn't it in the put market. any in the bank. Well, maybe, <laughs> but, but, but those some of those guys some of those guys put it in the market. But there were no four hundred one ks. There were no iras. There was none of that stuff. So you had to essentially put it cash somewhere, or maybe some guys bought a twelve flats my point being is it was a savings from you. But now if you look at the wealth going up, it's not necessarily individual people making more money. Although there's some of that. It's you look at the wealth of the economy, it's it's the market up, it's housing prices up. Well those are not the same as somebody actually having fifty out fifty K in the bank. Because I'm gonna say that's safer than the increase in price of Microsoft. It may not be, but generally I mean, Microsoft could go back down from where it, once it came, unless you're talking about 1932. Your money in the bank should be safe, right? So I think there is somewhat of a difference. Anyway, SP Futures down six, Nasdaq Futures down 30. We're coming back here a little bit. When we come back, we should have Miss Audrey Johnson, John, you hanging around. i both come, contacts. We'll be right back, Stocks and jacks.
3: Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again.
6: 3456, that's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com That's myhomesourcerealty.com Stocks
2: Jocks, Sorry, jar. stocks and jocks You are out of control Right here,
6: right now Right here, right now, right now.
2: Blown up by Tyson Jackson. Tomorrow we had burn on the board. Uh, SP futures down nine bucks. Nasdaq futures down forty. Uh, clearly the, the well, allegedly the impetus to this—you so never really know—is that the uh, well, two things. Depends on where 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 you are in the uh, good news is bad news stuff. Is uh, the uh, U.S. government debt was put on watch status by Moody's. Rather, they didn't drop it from AAA, but they put it on watch status. Uh, whatever, they still claim everybody's going to get paid, but uh, it's on stock. Plus, the consumer spending fell in October, according to a new uh, CNBC poll. Uh, they, they track credit card transactions, which, again, has been somewhat predicted and not hoped for by uh, the Stacks and Jacks group, because in uh, October, everybody started paying their student loan debt. So that's 43 million people, on average of $286 a month. That's a lot of dough. It's like $12 billion. Well, so it comes out of something, might come out of computer, commuter, uh, consumer spending. Why not? Over in Europe, we got to put rallies across the board here, however. DAX up 51.4%. Now, they catch up with us on Friday, because we were huge up on Friday. Uh, FTSE up 41.5%. CAC round up 24.3%. So bullish we'll across the board. Uh, Asia mixed. Nikkei up 17. Let's call that flat. Hang Seng up 222. That's 1.3%. Again, they got hammered on Friday. but So they're right in the middle the 17,000 to 18,000 number to keep bouncing back and forth from. Shanghai up 7, that's 0.2%, 3,046. They're up appreciably from the day they ducked under 3,000, so no danger of that, at least, at least this today. Friday, again, huge rally. Dow 391, S&P up 67, NASDAQ up 276, 2%. That's a huge day. Uh, bonds, 10 uh, year up 3 basis points today, 4.66. Still down from where it was nudging 5% before the Fed spoke last week and a half ago. Uh, The Bund unchanged at 2.70, Japan up 2 basis points, 8.7, I'm sorry, 8.88, which is pretty high. They still, the government says it's supposed to be .50, but it's way over that. Oil up 7 cents, 77.24, Brent up 15 cents, 81.58, natural gas up 13 cents, 3.16. Gold. Slight bounce, up two bucks, nineteen thirty nine. Very small bounce. So we're down sixteen cents, twenty two twelve. Copper up four cents, three sixty two. We have Bitcoin down two sixty nine, but had a huge week last week, $36,866. U.S. dollar virtually unchanged. Uh, Euro one hundred six six. British pound one twenty two. Now we have for Trevis Weather Sports.
5: Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.38 a.m. on November 13th, 2023. As far as traffic, inbound Kennedy uh, Montrose to interchange is at 39 minutes currently. uh, Inbound on the Edens from Lake Cook to the interchange at 80 minutes. Yikes. Inbound on Eisenhower from Wolf at 38. And finally, inbound on the Dan Ryan from 95th uh, at 24 minutes. As far as Chicago weather, we're looking at 43 degrees currently with a high of 61 today. Mild temperatures and sunny skies for the foreseeable day. Tomorrow, similar conditions with a high of 63. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 64 degrees currently, a high of 87 with sunny skies. In college football this weekend, we saw Ohio State beat Michigan State. That's 3-38. to 38. Uh, Michigan won against Penn State, twenty-four to fifteen, and Rutgers lost to Iowa, twenty-two to nothing. This Thursday in the NFL, we'll see the Bengals and Ravens at seven fifteen. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you.
2: Um, do we have Audrey. We do indeed. Hey, Rod, how are you?
7: Good morning. Just fine. It's a beautiful day. Yes, it is. Yeah. What uh,
2: Is this a? We we did have a frost, right? So this is officially Indian Indian summer. Yes. Uh
7: yeah, well, yeah. Actually, uh, that happened already. So. Normally, Indian summer was the end of October, but yeah, the, a lot of the trees are still hanging onto their leaves out uh, my way, and you still got some beautiful color, mm. gorgeous morning for if you're tree watching.
2: The uh, we, we did a, We did. We were under 32 at, at O'Hare, weren't we, Jan? I, I thought we were one of the nights. Yeah, we had
1: a killing frost here, um, so you know any any stuff that you know impatiens and castor beans and stuff like that in the garden, they were you know Halloween night. That was it for them.
2: Castor but beans, like,
1: that, like Audrey said, the maples around here have hung on under their leaves, and they're spectacular.
2: What do they make? What, what are castor beans? Do they make castor oil from?
1: Yeah, it's ricin. You know, but so it's, you, know, you don't want to eat the seeds certainly, or let your dogs or cats eat them. But they're wonderful annuals. You can't grow them, you know, as perennials in this climate. But they can, they can grow to eight
2: to ten That's, that's the up. that's the Soviet poison they put in the umbrella saying yeah, yeah. they stick in a leg.
1: Highly toxic, but they're they're beautiful plants, and they uh, they they almost get like shade trees. If, you know, if they have a lot of sun in the summer. They can get you know eight ten feet tall, um, and they have wonderful colors like burgundies and the leaves. And you get the seed pods at the end of the year, harvest them, you know, grow another crop the following year. They're real low maintenance plants, and they had them all along Michigan Avenue for a couple years in
7: planters, and everybody kind of stopped and looked at them like, what are these?
1: Yeah, you're right. Those
7: are beautiful, John. I remember yeah. those.
1: Yeah, they're wonderful. Very exotic looking, but you know they, they're like shade trees for for your garden too. They're really nice.
2: I just remember the NCIS episode where they poisoned a couple of people with ricin.
1: There's no antidote. Yeah, and the J- the Japanese subway attack. Yeah, back in the nineties. So all these were made
2: from, well, no, it it went from star flowers
7: it to murder in thirty seconds. Well, that it was, was all. Good.
1: Good. So how
2: much how much do you get for seeds from your backyard so people can poison people?
1: Oh well, each each plant can put up you know like like fifty to sixty seed pods, and each pod has three seeds in it. So you know, you can you can easily you know just go fling them around your neighborhood, is anybody you it like? So. Well, if you... <laughs>
2: <laughs> what we I'm talk about. Well, anything here? Believe me right. What we talk about at Stacks and Jacks. Anyway, uh, we're we're talking about the. Uh, um, or the upcoming. Well, For that
7: matter, don't you? You got to make sure you, you don't feed your dog grapes. I mean, grapes yes. are extremely toxic to, to pets. Mm. Uh, and I found out in a panic when I, I I was, I don't even have grapes in the house though. When the pup I had, Abby as a puppy, some grapes rolled off the counter and of course she wolfed them down. Well, I look up and it said grapes are, even one or two grapes can kill a dog. So I rushed to the vet. And um, again, if you don't, don't catch it But they can make it, them throw it up. You have to just wait and see how it, it destroys their kidney function, which I did not know. And before, no, nobody so knows. No, it, the too.
2: They have no idea why either. They have no idea what it, what's in the grapes that's doing it, which is even scarier. Anyway. It
7: scared the hell out of me, that's
2: yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well,
7: uh. Dog was fine. Took 10 years off my life.
2: Yeah. So what, uh. <laughs> what is. We, we talked earlier, uh. i would have to go through it again about the, uh. Fisher House and stuff. we going to have, uh. Diane, hopefully. Uh, that was kind of fun. Um, we talked about some bands and so forth, but let's talk about uh, real estate. Real estate pricing. Uh, clearly, the mortgage industry. Even though last week they had there was this huge comeback that that never existed, according to Nancy. Um, what are you seeing in terms of uh, housing prices? You you were telling me this weekend about some guy building homes where you know they're starting at like seven hundred grand and stuff. And I, boy, I just wonder how people. You know you. I, I ask these questions not because I, I try to be doggy downer um, even though it may have come off that way Thank you. it's uh it's because I lived through this was <laughs> the uh in the 70s when I was doing remodeling on weekends we we my partner at the time Robin who's been on the show cause Robin was a big shot at Pullman instead of getting a mortgage on this condo where we had a fixed rate she got us a bridge loan and uh we started out at 8% and I'm going to say we sold the place 8 months later when I got done remodeling it maybe it was 7 months later we were up to 14 and thankfully we were able to sell it to some couple, a lot of good, good, shit. they came by and we sold it right about where I thought we could sell it and we ended up breaking even on the deal I was never so happy to pay off my credit cards and break even on something in my life uh, but for the next month or two prices crashed like there was no tomorrow the condos were, were you know, two hundred grand. We're down to like one ten. I mean, it 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 happens. It can happen, and everybody's so oblivious to it. I'm not. I'm sure as hell not hoping it happens or whatever. But, I mean, I, I was just you know looking here at and uh, thirty year bond rates because I've been talking about how you know what is a what do the interest rates mean in the value of a of a of a bond or any kind of asset. And if you had a million dollar bond. That you bought from the government at 1.5 percent. Now this is 30-year bond; it's not forever. So I didn't. I don't have my annuity tables in front of me. Um, so these numbers are. If you, the the math is a million dollars times 1.5 percent, gives you fifteen thousand a year in interest. Correct, Jan and Audrey. Mm-hmm. Well, now if that rate goes to 4.5 percent, the market rate. If you do the flip side, if you work back through the formula. You divide the fifteen thousand times four point one point or zero point four five, the number is now three hundred thirty three thousand. Is the value of your asset? Now it would be higher than that because I'm talking about an infinite, and in the thirty years is not infinite, but it's not. So say it's four fifty or something or four seventy five. You've basically lost half that assets. Well, this, the same math works for houses, right? but it hasn't worked exactly yet, has it? now the question is. Is the economy going to grow its way out of this to where these prices don't collapse or they're going to end up like the condos that, that I owned in the 70s? I hope that doesn't happen, but what I, I I think you're right that it's not going to happen. But does anybody really realize the risk we're running here? I mean, because the risk is there, isn't it? Oh,
7: I think more, I think a lot of people who have been living on the edge for the last, uh, year, uh, realize that, uh, it, it, the risk the risk is is there if the Fed doesn't get their boot off the neck of the middle class is what that's the only the only people that's hurting is this kind of this price act that they've got to figure out a different way to uh, make things happen because all they're doing is killing the middle class. So eventually you know if you don't uh, if you keep on pressing on the uh, windpipe you are going to kill it and we're going to have a real problem. Um, as bad as we had, you know, in our last recession. They have to stop strangling the middle class unless they truly do just want to get rid of it. But That's a different question.
2: Well, yeah, I, mean, I think the, the, the problem is not where the rates are, it's where the rates were, right?
7: But, but the thing was, you know, as I had told many of my young kids for the last few years is 3%, 4% is free money. I don't care what you buy, buy something. It doesn't have to be your dream house because... You're probably not going to see it again, you know, in your lifetime. I don't know when we would see this again. This three percent. If things go, you know, you know it, they're not used to this rate. So, okay, so nobody likes this, even though eight percent is the historical norm uh, for mortgages. They you
2: think it is? I, th- I thought I would thought it'd be more like six, six and a half. But you think? No, it's... No,
7: eight at- percent is kind of like right there. I think it, it, John might know better than I. But uh, so, but the prices, you know, when. Eight percent and the condo was you know eighty thousand dollars versus eight percent in the same condo is now two fifty you know so what's happening it was the same thing that's happened in the, the last few recessions is the demand for the higher tier houses not the really rich house ultra over a mill let's say because usually that group of people usually always has money but that higher aspirational tier that maybe wants to go from the three hundred to the five to seven hundred or let's say let's say the the six fifty to nine hundred market gets is getting squeezed now because obviously even from you know four to eight percent is a lot of money in your difference. And so that leap that a lot of people might have go, well, Wow let's let's get the house we always wanted, maybe not so much. So that they're very sitting there with their great three or four or five percent mortgage and say we're just gonna stay here or they're going, We got the money but I don't want to spend it at interest. So that's that's where you're at. So if they want to just keep killing our economy, they can just keep on doing what they're doing.
2: Well, I mean uh the you know, I guess I I think you're right that they're going they're going too fast on this. Uh but the, the spread between the the mortgage and the tenure is kinda high too, isn't it?
7: I did look. You can- Plus I've only had my first cup of coffee, so there's only so much to get out of me this morning. But what I'm, I'm afraid of that, what people don't realize is the, the trickle effect to everything. So your home builders, your electricians, your bricklayers, your contractors, your furniture stores, your Ace Hardware, your Home Depot, every, every job in those are, are pretty much related to housing. So this whole thing affects so many more people then just yanking the interest rate up on a house, and that's what I think people just don't think twice about. Sometimes, so much of the economy is tied up in the the housing housing industry, whether it's rental, purchase, whatever. People have to live somewhere.
2: Well, I, I would I would agree with you. I, I just uh, we started off in the seventies. You're, you're right, right? It's more more like been in the seventies than in the sixties. But I guess I was I was talking before 1970. After 1970, the average When like the dinosaurs
7: were roaming the
2: South Street. Um, you know, some of <laughs> us are still here. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that—that's—you uh, had to go back that far to find the the Fed rate that low in the 50s and 60s, right?
7: Uh-huh.
2: And, uh huh. And so I mean, it's it, it kind of matches up, but yeah, so I'm going to say somewhere, let, let's say low sevens or sevens. That was that's normal, but with the, yeah. the, but the you know, nobody gets hurt. If things stay normal, right? The savings and loans would still be open if things stay normal. They're not Well,
7: you people used to have to put twenty percent down on a conventional to buy a house too. Yeah, it was a very, very different, different world. I mean, you could still buy. You could buy a conventional with three percent down now.
2: It's a well, you're buying a house at a, at a real all time high rates for three percent down. Well, what's what's the issue with that? Well,
7: you know what? If somebody's making the monthly income to support it, and most of the time that's easier for younger people. You've got two people working in a good career, they're bringing in big bucks. I'm not saying it's not an issue in case something happens, but it's easier entrance point than them trying to save a 20% down payment for the last eight, five to eight years and watching the housing prices go up in their face. Well, that's what that's what happened. To... Finance At that point, we were saying, you know, Buy, buy this at three uh, percent you know three and a half percent mortgage or three percent down just get in there and if you want to refinance when you get to twenty percent then you drop your PMI and you're you're living large but you got a foothold if you waited now you have nothing you know now or now you're just paying big money to get what you got
1: well yeah I, mean, I think I, it's really you know, it seems to me that you know back as far as I can remember, going back and looking at my parents' passbook account for their mortgage, which is their savings and loan, I think in the in the 50s, it was five and a quarter, something like that.
7: Yeah, I think you're which, right, Jeff.
1: That was, and that was, you know, you, you didn't see mortgage rates below that. No. Certainly not 3%. I think and, my, parent I, but,
2: my parents had six, I think.
1: Yeah. The, the, the people nowadays, though, you know, after they drove down rates to zero and mortgage rates, you know, correspondingly dropped too, it trapped so many people... Um, who, who, you know, was just thrilled to have a 3% mortgage, but they also knew they'd never be able to afford moving to a house and then and getting a 7.5% mortgage. If, if mortgage rates had never dipped that low and, and people, you know, could say, well, I've got a you know, 6% mortgage, maybe I'll have to pay 8 Well, that would not, you know, be a deal killer for a lot of people. They, they'd find some way to do it. It would not completely wreck their cash flow every month yeah the
7: psychological conditioning would have
1: been there yeah it, the people are so trapped now I mean they were they were they were foolish not to buy when there were three percent mortgages but that was totally unnatural I mean there's no I don't I don't think we'll ever see that again we I don't either when we did in a way it was totally a manipulation of the market so um, but now yeah. we got all these people' we're suckered into something they can't get out of which was never how they envisioned being in the housing market. Well,
2: as long as you stay married, you both stay working, you're you're yeah. you're, you're fine, but that's a it's kind of an if. That's a big if. So yeah. Big
7: if. Um Well, both. what the one benefit to that though, John, I can think of is they got that house at 3%. Let's say two to two to five years ago. The amount of appreciation they gave is going to help them. So say they're oh, just Oh yeah. Wanna-
1: they were they were, they were absolutely, you know, well advised to do it. Uh, they really didn't have any other option. But it's not and, like and you're
7: mobiled out to upsize, downsize because you're like, "What the hell? It's going to cost me twice as much to downsize." I'm just going to stay here. Right.
2: Well, the, right. the only thing the only right. thing you can do from a purely economic status, and this is going to sound like a sexist remark, is a purely economic status. If you bought a place and you got a three and a half percent mortgage, and somehow or another, the place has gone from three hundred to four fifty. And and, and nothing bad has happened to the prices. I don't want to use the term yet, but nothing bad has happened to the prices. Uh, If it was a regular, if it was a stock and not where you lived, you'd say thank you very much and you'd sell it, (laughs) right? Obviously, it's hard to do if it's your house. It's hard to, I don't think too many guys, not that they don't feel the same way, Walk home and say, "Honey, we're selling the house because look at the profit we've made out of it." By the way, we're going to go live in an apartment till the prices come down. You probably get a frying pan upside the head, but <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it, that conversation just doesn't work, you know. Uh, but, but theoretically, if it was an asset other than where you lived, that's what you'd do, right? I mean, but you, yep. you, nobody's going to do it with their house. I mean, very few people are going to do it with their house, unless
7: well, the house is the source of most of, most Americans' wealth.
2: That's right. But we we know you're that not
7: going to throw it to the winds because here's the problem: you want to move out of your big two-story big mansion, and you want to downsize to a townhouse, which now costs, you know, maybe let's just say two-thirds as much as your big mansion, right? Uh, but if it's not paid off, and you have to still, you know, it doesn't make any sense to go from the three percent to the eight percent. No, so
2: you're it, gonna no, stay there. no, it doesn't. Uh, that that's.
7: Well, so the, the illusion of a profit, you know,
2: that's what it is. It's an illusion right now. Well, that, what I'm saying we went through the history of the, the 60s. Before you came out, we bored everybody with that. But there's a there's a difference between uh, your housing prices in a decade going up by 30 or 40% gradually every year. That could actually be very good for everybody in the economy. But what the Fed has done where doesn't go anywhere for a while, then it runs up. Ten or fifteen percent, or, or doubles, then all of a sudden everybody's in this hot water. God, if I sell, then if if all of a sudden if if how many people have to get laid off before these prices crash? Now th- we should not be put in this situation as, as as you know population people as as regular people. Our Fed has done this to us. You're absolutely correct about that, Odd. But now you gotta you have to sort of deal with it. I mean, last time it, in two thousand and seven, right? What what happened? It, it made oh. huge sense. To sell your house, and again, I'm not recommending this. It made huge sense to sell your house, go live in a motel for six months, and buy your house back for a third less, right? Yeah. But nobody wants to do that. I wouldn't. It, you know, I wouldn't advise anybody. But I'm saying you might come. We've gone. What? Where, where's, where's the average house price gone from? Uh, from when to when here? I mean, uh, it, w- it was like 300 what two years ago, and now it's 405 or something.
7: Yeah, it's it, it, it's been going up quite a bit. Orleans been getting big appreciation, in the twenty twenty percent, twenty percent up for the last few years.
2: Well, I, I'm going to ask you guys just a quick question, and because uh, I know the, the Bodie's know this, when when you see that, Jan, maybe of course you never get out of your house. We should invite you out some one of these days, and you, maybe I'll give you a ride out the. Audrey's got this huge development going by her place. Was was it a cornfield? or Was it? Oh, it was something. Uh, it
7: was a great little cornfield. All the animals loved it.
2: Uh, so anyway, the guy's putting up, I don't know how many townhouses, how many houses and stuff, and, it's, you know, streets, the whole nine yards. It's pretty fascinating to watch. Uh, what do you guys think on, on the leverage on that? Do you think, like, all the tradesmen and all the people are contributing to the leverage where everybody's borrowing all along the line, or you think the builders got enough to actually be paying people? Or, like, the in other words... Is the electrician getting paid every day for his work and his material, or is he flo- is everybody floating piece of it? I guess is my question. Is that, how's that done today?
1: I would bet that they've got you know other projects, unless they have some kind of exclusive agreement because they're under strict time pressures to get stuff done. But I think you know when it comes to equipment and you know supplies and stuff, I think everybody is struggling. Um, you know they either can't get stuff fast enough or they pay a premium to get it faster and if they have other other business they're trying to you know you know make men's ends meet with um people are are stretched I mean I don't think people are are employing electricians or construction companies for remodeling stuff as much as they were not that long ago.
2: no I'm talking about this new so there's new think- construction is I know the guys used to do some work for me when I was in the business a little bit. They said all these big guys want you to float everything. Yeah. And now the question is: Is that still? In other words, is the elect- is the electrician going to be two million dollars in hack if this thing doesn't sell? I think the answer is probably yes, isn't
1: it? Yeah.
7: Yeah. What do you think, Ed? Well, I think I the builder that's putting this up uh, is pretty reputable and pretty well known out here. I cannot imagine. Myself as a builder, going into something like that without saying, Hey, you got to prop me a third or something because I got contractors to pay equipment to run. So, you know, John knows way more about that and the business than I do. But I think everybody is so cautious in this environment that had learned from the whole debacle in 2008 that a lot of so many people went out of business. But right. I think that, you know, this is a, a massive development, I think, planned by professionals. This is not somebody. To, Rodeo on this deal so I can't imagine they don't either have their loans into place in place on these things but I think they're, I think what they were building here so many people wanted a piece of because this is something that they're viewing is going to be a hot commodity here and from what I've heard there's deposits on half of these properties already so it'll be interesting to see, but I don't know. I think I if I, I think any smart trades person who's gonna CYA is gonna say, I gotta have something up front or I gotta have some skin in the game because that's way too scary. You can't go down when everybody else does anymore. And I think I don't know, I think more and more people are gonna say that. You know, they're still of... working out union dues and, you know, health benefits and where's that money coming from? Because
2: I think that's what used to happen. It was it was a total piggy move-up. this electrician part I know something about where they'd say, all right, we need you to front X. So the, the guy fronts his time. And maybe they get some money for his time and his people's time, but then he goes to the supply house, and they front him on the supplies, so he owes the supply house, sort of like the general store in the old days. So it turns out that the entire area is enacted to something like this. I wonder if that yeah. still works like that. It probably does to some extent, but
7: it probably does to some extent, but I think I would, I would just say that I think uh, people are much more cautious about who they're fronting than they used to be.
2: Well, I can't imagine a bank giving the developer, you know, here's here's 40 million, go at it, pay everybody. <laughs> no,
1: I mean, when I did you know, construction escrows and stuff, this was very tightly monitored and you had to get an architect's certificate that XYZ was in place um, and had passed inspection. And then the, the you know the contractors and their subs you know if you had suppliers and stuff they come in with lien waivers meaning that they they are agreeing not to, to leave the property for non-payment of their bill in exchange for the check that you know some title company or escrow has cut for them so it was always you know you knew that this person couldn't come back and stiff you were or to say you had they hadn't been paid and it was, it was they were doing stages you know certainly like in the building Office tower or something, but it's a little different when you have a subdivision where, because a lot of this. I mean, the, the, the owner of the land is you know on the on the hook for whatever infrastructure they had to put in there and get the permits and everything from the municipalities um, before they can really even start to sell a lot. You know, and, and have somebody put down the deposits on it with the expectation that they'll end up with a house. And they're more exposed, you know, than they would be if you were just building a single building somewhere where you know, the construction financing has all been, cut, you know, put into a schedule so you know exactly where you stand at every point in it. So we um, sort of on a whole the cool all
2: right, guys. Real quick, because we got a dash. Uh, this my my chart here starts in nineteen seventy two. Average thirty year fixed rate, mm-hmm. nineteen seventy two. What do you think? uh, uh Seven and a half percent, Jan. Six. Eh. Oh, it's very close. Seven point three eight. Huh? Uh, we t- we tapped out where and when.
7: Um, let me. I'll tell you. Let me think now.
2: This is without uh, coffee. It's pretty good fun, Jan. I
7: know. I'm, I'm getting better. Maybe more coffee. Though. I'm running out. Jan. I would say 1994.
2: Eighty one. Eh, eh. Ding ding ding. Nineteen eighty one. What was the number? Eighteen. Sixteen point six
1: three.
2: Very close. And we got down okay. to. Uh, we were at eight eight point oh five percent in two thousand. It had gone up to there. We got down to a low of good lord two point nine six, and now we're back to the eight point <laughs> percent now. When was two point nine six top? The low. The low tick. Mm. Two thousand twenty one. The next That's year. My best, next, my
7: best friend got refinanced her house at uh, two and five eighths percent from the, our friend Nancy. Wow. So in 2021,
2: 2.96 to 2022, 5.34 has to be the largest percentage move anywhere in this chart.
1: Oh, my God. That's even
2: even in uh, 80, we were 13.74. To go from there to 16 is not very much percentage-wise, even though it's a lot. That really is mind boggling. It's yeah, pretty scary. I think I
7: bought my first place at twelve percent, fourteen percent. Well, then
2: then you could get okay. a you could get an assumable mortgage. Well, that one that went the way of the dodo yeah. bird.
7: Yeah, I remember when it went to nine percent. I refinanced. I thought I was a genius.
2: Well, <laughs> you, you were you were fat and happy. Was the check was a lot less you had to send in, right? Yep. Anyway, John, thank you, Audrey, thank you. Good stuff. Yeah. SB futures down fourteen seventy five. This is probably low as we've seen it here. Nasdaq futures down sixty one. We're coming off several days of a rally. We'll see how this. Uh, uh, consumer numbers and the Moody's uh, downgrade of the U.S. to not, not really a downgrade. Uh, put them on watch. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, back
3: tomorrow, Stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets, visit nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit Hamzianalytics.com. Med. back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you.